and welcome to Tokyo Inklings. This is episode 8. My name is CY, and you can find me at tokyostationpens.com or at tokyostationpens on Instagram. And my name is Jacob, and you will find me on Instagram as foodafan, and I have a blog at foodafan.com. So, we're back again. Uh, nice to always talk to you, Jacob. Um, what did you... What's been happening the last two weeks? What I know you got some interesting acquisitions that you you updated your, your blog about. Yes, so a, a few things. Uh, so first of all, it's been a, it's been a busy week again. Uh, I did work in the office one day this week, so of course I had to stop by Marzen. Um, there were some unexpected pens there. I think we'll mention that later. Mm. Um, before we get to you know, the, the pen I wrote the blog post about, I did buy one thing off Mercury uh, a few days ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I found a Pilot Custom 743 with a coarse nib for a just fantastic price. So I had to get that. And it was my first uh, first, my first coarse nib. I've tried them in the store briefly, but I haven't had my own pen with a coarse nib. It's actually quite nice. It's not just, you know, a round blob of tipping. It's not this overly slippery. It actually has a bit of a shape, a bit of a bit of Mm -hmm. grind. So I really like uh, writing with it. Hmm. It may still eventually turn into a Naginata. It, there's a temptation there, we'll see. Also, it might get an Urushi treatment. <laughs> you like it that much, eh? Yeah, well, yeah so yeah, I've, I've become more of a pilot fan than I was before. I was a pilot skeptic at first, but pilot has won right. me over. <laughs> so, um, Jacob, I know you like the the wetter nibs but i also i think um if i correct me if i'm wrong jacob you don't really like writing when the nib is too let's say fat right on the on the writing well i keep changing my mind so so i if you ask me in another six months i might have a different view but what has happened for me recently is that i I need to take more notes for walks, and now I have a greater need to actually be able to read uh, mm-hmm. uh, what I'm what I've written, and and I need to be able to turn a page relatively fast. So I mm. have become more of a fan of um, boring standard fine and medium nibs. So this coarse nib is is somewhat of a let's say departure for from your other nibs. My idea was that this is sort of a a Naginata to be so um, okay but now okay. I'm liking it so much the way it is I'm not sure yet whether this is going to be turned into Naginata or not okay 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 that, that, that makes more sense to me because um I remember we had this conversation in the past uh that you know y- you said that you know Naginata broads are like way too big for you yeah. and can write with them so that's what got me um curious because the pilot C nib is kind of like um, you know, there's this family of big blobbed Japanese nibs that's the pilot C, the platinum C, and the sailor zoom. Yeah. Um, which are uh, you know kind of the family of huge nibs, but I never recalled seeing one in your collection, so that was uh, just bit interesting i did have a naginata broad before but i sold it because it was actually too broad i would say 
uh, based on my recollection that the Naginata Broad is actually even broader than a Pilot mm. C. Mm-mm-mm. Okay. Um, so we, I'm not sure if we can say this on air, but uh, we'll, we'll see a kind of like a return of a Naginata Broad on a special pen soon, right? Yes. Um, we can't exactly say which pen it is, uh, because apparently we've been sworn to secrecy. Um, but yeah, Jacob, so you've, you got the, you got the 743. Yes. Um, how does that compare to your blog pen? So you mean my, my, my Eureka pen, right? Yeah. Right. So, so this is a pen that I got about, what, two, two or three weeks ago. So this, this is a fun, fun story here. So. In, I think, October or November last year, I, I saw this post on, um, on Fountain Pen Network. There was this uh, South Korean guy who said, I, I'm making my own fountain pens. I'm making everything except the converter. He's making the barrel. He's making the feed. He's even making his own nibs. At least that, that was the claim. And he said, I'm also I'm doing Urushi now. So it sounded uh, <laughs> pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, the pens that he posted photos of at that time weren't really that interesting to me, but I was still interested in the, his claim about making his own pens. So I decided to follow his blog, and then a few weeks, a few weeks later, he did a post about a new model that he he'd come up with a faceted design, and I really love faceted pens. So at that point, I contacted him and say, "I would like to order a faceted pen from you." Mm-hmm. And um, and at that point he did take custom orders. It turns out that I was the last. Uh, my order nice. was the last custom order for a while. So once we agreed on the details and I paid in advance, he put my name on the list. And I think there were like twenty or thirty names ahead of me on that list. But then he also updated the list and said, "I'm not taking custom orders anymore. This is, I think he said, like this is too stressful for me, or I don't have time, or something like that." So I was the last. A custom ordered pen for a while and mm-hmm. then uh, in I think April or something like that uh, this year he, the pen was finally done but at that point he couldn't send it to me because Korea Post for some reason did refuse to send to my address right but he, it, but it, it was okay to send it to central Tokyo so so our friend Alessa Inky Rocks fin- uh, kindly agreed to to receive the pen, so we sent it to her instead, and she did, by the way, a fantastic video about this pen, so you should go check that out. We'll put links in the show notes. Um, but I, a few weeks ago, I finally got the pen, and it's actually a well-made pen in almost every sense. You know, the, the machining is is almost perfect. There's I mean, the threads are like silky smooth. Uh, there's no visible problems with the Urushi lacquer. The feel looks unusually um, detailed for an ebonite feed and he's actually making a point about that in his blog he's saying that modern plastic feeds with more fins uh, have a more controlled ink flow but it's hard to make this many fins on an ebonite feed because you're machining and so on so he's he's saying that he has found out a way to make an ebonite feed a machined ebonite feed feed with, with almost as many fins 
as a modern plastic field. So you get both this wettability of uh, ebonite, but you get this controlled ink flow, and you don't get and and you don't get any ink burps. So it's it's a very detailed uh, feed, and it seems to work well. Although I haven't really stress tested it. But then, of course, there's the nib, which is, I think, the, the most unusual aspect of this pen because it's a silver nib. Right. right. And it's argentium silver, I think, it, how you pronounce it, which is this alloy that is meant to be more tarnish resistant than, than sterling silver. You tried this pen, right? I have not put it to paper. Okay. But I did, um, I did play around with it. And I do have to say that your assessment on the build quality is correct. Uh, the, the, um, I mean, as far as I understand, making faceted pens is a, it's a bit harder than making mm. normal pens, <laughs> a little bit. But I can see that he's really put a lot of thought into how he's gonna make the pen, and as a result, what you have in your hands is really a quality piece of work i have to say that the, the pen is 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 really really beautiful it's really long though yeah it, it makes my pelican mi 1000 look like a pocket pen by comparison it's really long right it is really long and that's mostly because of the long section isn't it long section and also long cap the the, okay. the barrel is not the rest of the barrel is not that long so why is that the case? Do you know? No, I'm not sure actually, but but all of his pens seem to have the same or similar dimensions. Mm, yeah, that's interesting because not so many makers are, you know, into that long, long section. But it must be because the feed is really long. The feed is pretty big too. Um, that, that that's true. I think the main question for me is, I mean, how how is it that a, a one person like pen maker can make it, you know his own barrel, his own urushi, his own feed, and his own nibs? I wonder what kind of equipment he has in his workshop over there. Hmm, yeah, he must have inherited some kind of a workshop from from somebody because uh, I think what his story is is that at least from reading his, his posts on FPN and his website, is that he started experimenting with making pens while he was in the military? Yes. So maybe he was doing something in the military to do with like engineering and, and something like this. And he had access to more equipment and then he made some connections that that's possible. But And he's even, he even says on his um, blog or in his videos that he's making his own equipment and he has these videos about how he's creating various types of equipment for his pen making right 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 and he seems very young yeah from his uh, videos too he recently announced that he's come up with a new nib so now he has a silver platinum alloy right and that's, and you read up about that too right yeah i bought one you bought one <laughs> mm, oops <laughs> yeah so um so i contacted him uh, to see if I can get a nib because uh, I tried your nib and I mean as I said I didn't put it to paper but I've seen the videos I've seen his video yeah I saw Les's video and then I tried the nib and the nib is not as 
bouncy as he claims on the video. Which, you know, that's not a problem. You know, some nibs are not bouncy and that's fine. Um, but then I wanted to get a silver nib to to play with to understand mm. um, better how this how this nib would work. So what I really wanted was an argentium nib, um, just like the one that you got mm. with the bigger tipping. But he said he's no longer making argentium nibs. Uh, instead, he's moved on to this uh, platinum silver alloy, which now is an upgrade. So, uh, so it was, you know, like $125, something like that. Not super, super expensive by any means, but still quite expensive considering that you can get, um, you know, several gold nibs from Midakari for that price. But I think it's, it's, uh, worth a try to see. One thing that I've noticed about his nibs is that they're wider at the, at the wings. So I might try to shave that down and see how it affects the um the performance of the nib yeah i was going to say that too because i agree with you that this silver nib that i have is not as bouncy as most gold nibs but i think that might have to do with it with the geometry with the fact that it has wide shoulders yeah the shoulders are, are very very wide and um as far as i know it's just a tad shorter than uh yovo number six yeah. nib, right Okay, so um, I don't think that will cause any problems as long as uh, you set the f- the feed, because the yellow nibs are pretty long. Yeah, they are. They are. That's true. Yeah. So uh, so I'm excited to to get that in whenever that is. I probably get it for Christmas or something, and uh, and that'll be fun. Um, but yeah, I, I'm very very curious. Although, as far as I know, these are not the first ever platinum silver alloy nibs i think platinum used to offer them and uh, also schaefer uh used to offer um pdag nibs yeah yeah so so that'll be fun and interesting and uh what i really liked though uh, about the the pen i think my favorite part was the engraving because he's done this optical illusion on the engraving ah yes yes where it looks like he's engraved the entire word, but what he's actually done is he's only engraved the shadow of the word. That's true. But That's true. Yeah. Yeah. It 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 it's, uh it yields this pretty cool effect, um, where it's got this like three D esque look because you're only seeing the shadows, and uh, and it took me a while to realize that the word was not engraved. But I wonder how he did this engraving. So is, would you say this is laser engraved? No, I think it's stamped. Which also is kind of interesting because that's not something you normally do with uh, low volume. Small production, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, but he also seems to be a lot into doing this research and development because he does this blog post every once in a while where he says, now I have come up with feed version 3.1 and three and version 3.1 is an improvement over 3.0. Um, he keeps iterating on his designs all the time. Right, right, right. And I, I find it really interesting because um, no, he's obviously using Argentium and uh, Platinum Silver because it's, I assume, it's a cheaper alternative to gold, right? I don't think he's outright said that, but, but that seems likely. Yeah. Right, I think it's because it's more affordable. Mm. 
um, for him. At least that's a, the only logical conclusion mm. that I come up with. But, you know, if it works, it, it's fine. Uh, the Argentium does tarnish, though. Yeah, it, do, it does. But it's very easy to, to remove that with, with polishing cloth. So. Have you tried it? Yes. And it just goes right off? Yes. Okay. Very easy. I, I might want to let the the um, the tarnishing stay just to see how that affects the ink. Yeah, I think he mentioned that in one of his videos that it might have might darken the ink or whatever he said. Yeah, I, I need to go back and look at that. Because um, for some of my pens, I'm using this uh, the the Game of Thrones safety nib, a uh, safety pen now, and the ink that I put in is a very very light blue, and the ink that comes out is teal. Right, I see. And I think Alessa had the similar experience with her uh, Waterman eyedropper. Mm. Where she puts in one ink and then another ink comes out. Um, and she theorizes that it's because of... Uh, perhaps it's because of the way that the barrel has oxidized. The way that the, the ebonite has oxidized in the barrel. Mm, I see. Yeah, so, so it could be interesting that the tarnishing uh, might might be, you know, uh, a factor in ch- changing the ink properties as well. But time will tell. Yes. So anyway, it's, it's a very, very impressive pen and I, I can't wait to see what, what, what else he's going to come up with. And I really, right. I really wonder, I mean, what, what is the backstory here? How, how did this guy manage to set up all of this, um, set up his workshop in, in such a way that he can make... Right. Everything yeah, he speaks English, right? Yeah, but he, yeah, but he doesn't always. Sometimes it's, it, it can be hard to get long answers from him. Yeah, maybe we can uh, get him on the podcast one day down the line. That would be very interesting. Yeah. Okay, um, but you got an ink as well. Oh yes, yes. So uh, this Tohoku Basic Blue. I- I'm more interested in, in the story here. So you know, in in the, in the Tohoku region in northern Japan, you have a number of stationery stores. So uh, some of the more well-known ones are you know Pentonote and Hachimonja and Office Vendor and so on. And right. I think twelve of them, or initially six, but I think twelve of them now um, formed this collaboration called. NE6 Tohoku Bongo Lab and NE6 of course stands for Northeast so Tohoku and 6 mm. being you know, the 6 Tohoku prefectures and the idea is to create all kinds of uh, Tohoku themed stationary products and I think their first product was this ink set that they sold at last year's Tokyo Pen Show so they have this set of 6 inks where each ink um, was based on some Tohoku landmark. So there was an Akita ink based on uh, right, Lake Tazaku right. and so on, right? Anyway, they have done a few other things since then. And I think their most recent release is this ink called Tohoku Basic Blue, which is a, a, a light pale blue ink that is meant to look like the blue sky over Tohoku in winter and spring. That's how they explain it. Mm-hmm. And it's sold by all of these... Uh, Tohoku based uh, stationery stores and it's a beautiful ink it's a bit of on a light side but as we said before these light and slightly muted inks seem to be very popular here so I think they have locked locked in on that formula yeah the the ink 
I think, uh, as you said, is a very, very light blue. And when I heard, you know, Tohoku basic blue, yeah, I kind of imagined because you know, you know, in most ink lineups, a basic blue is a dark blue. Yeah, exactly. And so, so the the name was not matching to the color of the ink in my imagination, uh, which you know. The, the the ink is is very very nice um but that's i think a very interesting interpretation of a basic blue and i think maybe that might be the point of the name that it's it's not really your basic blue but it's it's supposed to represent something special uh especially for the people of tohoku after the disaster it, it could be there it could be that but I, I agree with you that when you think of a basic blue you think of your your everyday like royal blue or whatever you use right, in right. Ink, right and this is definitely not that this, this is I, I wouldn't I wouldn't use this in, in a in a fine nib it's almost too light and Jacob you quite like these uh, Tohoku exclusives right I remember you bought the the Tohoku set or or was it your parents-in-law that that, that caught it for you i had to get my in-laws in iwate to, to buy them for me because you could you couldn't buy them online at least not right. initially maybe they, they changed that for a while but the idea was that you want you you should go to tohoku and you go to the stores and, and buy this in i have a bit of a soft spot for tohoku because i, I spent two years up in, up in sendai when i first moved to japan so i i, I like oh really yes yeah, that's cool. That's cool. And do you go back? And now I mostly go back to, to Iwate because that's where my in-laws live. So I, I just, I just um, uh, briefly stopped by Sendai Station on the Shinkansen up to uh, Iwate. But uh, every once in a while I go to Sendai too. You also got an FN... Not one, you got multiple FNF adapters. Yeah, I think both of us got FNF adapters. So we have talked on a few occasions about how some Japanese nibs work without modification in you know, Jovo or pens that take Jovo or Bok nibs while some require a bit mm. of work. So we said that Sailor nibs generally work as is. You just stick them in, in a Jovo housing while Pilot and platinum require a bit of nib modification and i'm sure you don't mind doing that i'm not practical enough to to do that Uh, i I will screw it up so i prefer to buy these adapters so there's this company in the us somewhere called fnf flexible nib factory they sell all kinds of adapters to allow you to use different nibs in different pens so they have um, ways you can use like a Sailor King of pen nibs in a Conid or the all kinds of combinations. So what I bought was adapters to, that allowed me to use Pilot size 5 nibs. So, you know, Custom 74 size nibs in pens that take um, uh, Jovo number 6 size housings. And also another adapter that, that allowed me to use Platinum 3776 nibs in pants that take uh, Jova housings. And they work very well, but there's one caveat, and I think that it's a common um, complaint about FNF, which is that these adapters are what they call non-converter. So if you want to use these adapters, you have to either eyedrop with a pen or you have to use them in a pen that that use a different filling system. And I don't mind eyedropping a a demonstrator like my fine writing pens. I I see the ink uh, sloshing around. That's fun. 
I'm not as keen on eyedropping a pen with an opaque barrel because to me, eyedropping is more about aesthetics than anything else. Because you actually prefer smaller um, ink capacity, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I saw you, you made a post on Instagram, these these two pens. Uh, so you have now one in your in your um, custom... Apu? Can I call it an Apu? <laughs> I guess so. It's not. It's now become an Apu. Yes. <laughs> yeah, your custom Apu, and uh, and then your fine writing. Um, what is? It? Was that the the new one? No, this was my original one from two thousand eighteen. Right. The, so the, the bronze age. Yeah, the, the third generation. Yeah. But again, I don't think because the Apu has a, has an opaque barrel, it's not an ideal combination for me. So I'm gonna use these two adapters in my two fine writing pens. Okay, I've got a question for you about the Pilot though, because I think yeah, you got a Pilot Five. Yeah. Does that look very small? I thought it would, but for some reason it doesn't, and I'm not sure if 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 the nib is not set properly because it look it maybe it's sticking out a bit longer than on a Pilot pen, but it writes right. well without any problems. So I think that makes it look bigger. The fact that it's not set as deeply as in in a Pilot pen. Right, right, yeah, because I'm looking at the photo and I can see the date mark and even a bit beyond the date mark. Exactly. Quite a bit beyond the date mark. Exactly. So, because um, I was wondering, the Pilot 5 nibs are not that big. But, you know, it, it was surprising to see how well proportioned that combination is. Exactly, exactly. On the other hand, the, the Platinum nib looks, looks tiny on that pen. <laughs> yeah, and... So, so we talked about this this Lotus pen before, and and it was originally based on this uh, Sakaeski design, right? And the, the original pen uh, takes some bigger GK nibs, uh, but I I chose I asked for one that that took a Jovo number six size nib because I have so many uh, Jovo six nibs. Um, but yeah, in hindsight, it looks a bit out of proportion. It's a little bit like, like the, that that uh, Twispy Aurora with a number five size nib. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I know that. Um, so I got some new stuff here too. Okay. Uh, I, as you, went on um, Yahoo Auctions and Medicati, and I got this uh, platinum ten-year pen, and it's interesting because they they came out with a bunch of these so-called ten-year pens, and uh, I did a little digging on them, and apparently the ten years is not an indication of um, platinum's 10 year anniversary or anything like that um, but rather it's uh, a supposed to be a warranty for 10 years so you can use these pens for at least 10 years oh that was kind of a yeah like the benchmark for for their good nips um because these 10 year pens i believe only came in steel nib variants mm. The gold-plated steel nibs, uh, that pretty cool uh, retro um, nib engraving design. But, uh, you know, as they were steel nibs, I took them out. And they used these uh, these squeeze converters from, from Platinum uh, that are very reminiscent of the Chinese squeeze converters. Have you ever used those Chinese squeeze converters in those metal casings? Yes, I'm not a big fan of those. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of those either, but uh, but it came in one of of mm. that uh, kind of like the older Pilot Caplices uh, that I have. But 
anyways, it, it comes in the squeeze converter thing. And what boggles my mind, Jacob, is that this pen has an ink window. But the only thing you can see in the ink window is this metal thing that holds the holds the sack. Have you ever seen those snakeskin celluloids? No, I don't think so. So it's this kind of like laminated, um, kind of snakeskin-ish material. I'll send you a picture real quick online. Um, so yeah, I just sent you a picture. Ah, of it. yes, yes. Right, so, so it's this kind of like snakeskinish thing, and you can see clearly that they've attached this transparent part to the snakeskin belly part, and that they're two separate pieces. So I, I, it's interesting that they would machine it like this, mm. but. On the other hand, there are no holes on this pen. So what I've done is I've taken out this uh, this kind of metal uh, encasing thing. And there's this very, very long breather tube that's very interesting that goes, uh, that goes into the barrel and into what was the sack. Yeah, I'll send you another picture of that. And so you can see that it's supposed to help the ink flow of the, of the pen. Unfortunately, I haven't actually gotten the ink to flow in this pen yet, but it'll be a nice little um, upgrade project. So I'm planning on turning this pen into an eyedropper. Ah. And I've replaced the nib now with a vintage Kaweco OB nib. So now it's got a proper gold nib on that. So how old would you say the original pen is? Um, probably this is a post-war pen. I'd say maybe 50s or 60s. Mm. Okay, I see. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a decently old pen. Um, but this was for sure not their top of the line uh, series, uh, having you know the, the the steel nib on it. Yeah, I wonder when they started doing steel nibs. I think during the war, or even a bit pre-war. Mm. I mean, the war. I think a lot of people might not know, but World War Two in Asia started in 1933, right? So, um, so the war was considerably longer right. than the war in Europe. Yeah. So for our European friends and our Western friends, it might be pre-war, but here it could be, you know, early periods of the war. But yeah, that 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 that, that pattern down the barrel is it's really pretty. So, so it's in good condition? It's in fairly good condition. There was some uh, discoloration on the clip, but I found that I could just use a polishing cloth mm. and get that off. Um, I also bought like a plating machine. Oh, so you, you, you're going to do the, 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 the March thing now? Uh, I don't know. I will try to, to plate this pen. Um, it will be a very fun and interesting experiment for me, but you know, try to have some fun with it. Then I think we have a, a, a mutual friend who might be asking you to, to, to 
chrome plate and amber pens. <laughs> yeah. So the thing is, I noticed that rhodium is super expensive. It's super, super expensive. So like um, uh, 50 milliliters of the of the rhodium plating like liquid thing mm. costs like $300. So, so this would perhaps explain why, why platinum's rhodium-plated pens are more expensive? Well, I wouldn't say that because I, I think you can plate a lot of pens with that. And platinum probably has a, you know, a deal with the, the source directly. But, I mean, what's interesting to me, more so than that rhodium is very expensive, is that platinum plating is not that expensive it's about half the price okay okay so platinum coating versus rhodium coating has a huge price differential and i'm stuck debating between whether i should use platinum coating or rhodium coating but i think uh from what i've read that rhodium coating is much harder mm. as in the durability so that might be uh, a superior option so what about rose gold what are the prices for that I haven't checked that. I haven't checked that. But I do know that um, 24K gold is not that expensive. So what I'm wondering now is, I mean, one of the you know, nib modifications you do is this faceless mold. So, so could you do a faceless mold and then after that put this uh, rose gold or some other plating? Yeah, so uh, so that's exactly the plan. I see. And uh, maybe one of the, the uh, hammered styles. So yeah, um... So so that's uh, that. I also went back to Kakimori again last weekend. Oh, okay. And um, so basically, because Kakimori was uh, limited to four people in the store mm. uh, when we went the last time, and you had to do this like reservation yeah. thing, and uh, so you know not everybody could go. But this time last weekend, I took my girlfriend out to to Kakimori because she hadn't seen the store, and we live so close, so we just decided to to go over and check it out. Mm. Um, I ended up getting a bunch of paper this time, including um, the one-sided glaze. I thought that was pretty interesting. Uh, I got some fool's paper. Oh, really? And I got, okay. Yeah, I got some fool's paper. And then I got um, Conqueror Raid. Do you know that paper? The, yeah, it was one of the papers I tried, but isn't it the one that has a bit of feedback? Yeah, that's the kind of like a texture. Yeah. And like um, like an old style paper. Yeah, yeah. So I, I got some of that. I might use it for some letter writing. You know, I'm at I'm at the age now where people are starting to get married, but aren't married yet. You know that uh, that late twenties uh, time. So I have a lot of um, congratulations to send out to I a see. bunch of people. I see. Uh, so so I got that and. Um, and uh, so it was my birthday last week, or two weeks ago now. And so my girlfriend got me this Tetsubo dip pen, the one that I was talking about uh, on the last episode. Yeah, I remember, I remember that. You, you, you sounded very tempted to get one back then. Yeah. So, so, so she got me this Tetsubo pen, and it's, it's a stunner. Uh, it's this one that has... You, are you familiar with them? Yeah, I saw them at Tokyo Pen Show. I think I missed them at Kakimori last time. Right. So it's the one with the ginpaku. Mm. Uh, I'm not sure what this base uh, material is. It must be like 
brass or bronze or something like that. I think it's brass. It's pretty heavy. But um, it's like uh, ginpaku, which is silver leaf on brass. It looks good. It looks good. Yeah. This is, I think, easily their best one. They they have one that had the Tetsubo spiral pattern as well. You know you know which one I'm talking about? Oh, yes. The, yes, the kind I of remember spiral, that. Yeah, like yeah. helix. Uh, yeah. But that one is not as nice in the hand because of its shape. This one is more traditional in shape and it's... Uh, it's it's kind of small, but it's very heavy, mm. so it, it feels very substantial, and it comes with this uh, this flange thing. And what's interesting about this pen is that uh, in the traditional dip pen, you have this like stainless steel flange thing mm. that that you you then stick the nib in, right? But this one has a flange that is specially made and attached to the barrel and it's a bit looser than that traditional flange okay so as a result some of my fountain pens uh nibs they they fall off or they're, they're not um in there tight enough but i'm looking at the photo that you just sent me and i can tell that whatever nib you have on it right now is not what it came with yes that that is correct um because I've got a bunch of uh, nibs, and I, you know, prefer to use gold nibs, but I found that gold nibs will not fit into this pen mm. because the flange is a bit loose. Mm. So uh, what I've done is I've bought some flanges. Um, <laughs> As one would do, yes. Yeah, bought some flanges. But then I also took a feed one of my uh, many ebonite feeds that I have mm. and I modified it so it goes into uh, the place where the flange would go so I took the flange out mm. and and it goes in and it now takes fountain pen nibs like champion so this feed what was it originally is that the Mont Blanc feed no it's not I think it's some kind of a random waterman feed ish thing okay don't exactly remember which pen this came out of, but it, it's one of those. Um, and it's nice because with the dip pen, the I think the biggest problem is having to re-dip. Right. And you're using dip pens for uh, for your for your ink swaps, right? Yes, but but then it makes sense because I, I'm writing uh, ten characters and then I'm done with ink. Right. So, but aren't you afraid that, like, if it ever runs out of ink, or if you didn't dip it in properly, that you have to re-dip it and might contaminate the bottle? Yeah, I haven't thought too much about that so far. <laughs> but I, I, I dip it once, and I write it, and then I clean it up, and then the next thing. Yeah, so maybe it's like my irrational fear, but I, 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 I do get concerned mm. about that. Um. Especially if I'm trying to write like uh, maybe like a letter or something, I don't know, do some calligraphy or something like that. So, um, so this little ebonite feed actually holds some of the ink for me, mm. so that I don't have to redip. So that's very very nice. And then I just pull it out, you know, stick it in the in the ultrasonic cleaner, mm. and then you know that's that. So that's it's it's a very nice uh, modification. I did get a flange, and I got some um, brass kind of broad edged. Um, calligraphy use nibs so 
uh, that'll be very fun when it comes in from the states uh, mm. whenever that is uh, might be a few months out but you know that'll be very very fun and i'm considering uh changing my setup of ink swabs to start using the stip pen yeah that, that that looks looks i mean it's a it's a very very pretty pen and uh, yeah looks looks good looks good and it's uh, unfortunately it's got an oblique nib but uh, <laughs> i have to live with that <laughs> <laughs> well to be fair you can swap it out right right you can swap it out um so yeah, that that's my uh, that's my pen. I put a Mont Blanc two five six nib in here, mm. but uh, I might switch it up. Do you know why this nib? Or, or I guess I could kind of sort of tell from from the shape, but but it's called at least in Japan it's called Ika pen. Is there any equivalent term elsewhere? Um, in English, I think this is called the wing nib. Ah, <laughs> yeah. So. Certainly, it's uh, it's very unique. But Yovo does one. Do you mean the, the this this arrow nib? Yeah, the, the arrow. Right, right. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So it's the same uh, same general design. Yeah, I, I have one actually, but it's not my favorite. But so but so just quickly going back to this thing about uh, contaminating the ink. Related to that, one thing I'm wondering about is the glass nibs because people who play around with inks they buy a lot of glass uh, glass pens right that seems to be very mm-hmm. very popular here my ex- <clears throat> experience with glass pens is that even if you even the if you wash stuck. them there's yeah. st- stuff stuck in the grooves right it, yes yes so is, is, wouldn't that be a bigger problem with ink contamination yeah so i don't really use glass nibs for exactly that reason because uh because i know that the ink gets stuck and it's like you can't get it out unless you stick in the ultrasonic. Right. So that that's a, yeah, I definitely don't like that about glass pens. Mm. All right. Now um, let's get on to our news section. Yes. We, we said this was going to be a short episode, but it's a, uh, it's an hour now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so sailors releasing the new Sherbert inks again. I don't know so much about the history. Uh, can you? Tell me about that. So what I know is that they initially released these in 2013. Uh, Our friend uh, Bruno did a blog post about it back then. I don't know if they have released them every year since then, but I think at least for the last two years, they have released them as a summer exclusive, like from June to September or something like that. And and that's what they did okay. it this year again. So it's, a, it's available from like mid-June to I think it's mid-September or, or October. And it's four sort of lights. Again, it's this, this formula that is a popular head is light, slightly muted uh, inks with a lot of shading. So you have one pink, one uh, mint color, one blue and one purple ink that is meant to look like this, this, this uh, Shabbat ice. And... Another thing that is interesting about this, and I think we mentioned that on a previous episode, but you can only buy them from Sailor's Shop. And on the order page, they say, if you try to order this ink from a forwarder, so, you know, your White Rabbit or Tens or whatever, we are going to cancel your order. And I understand that, you know, if, if, this, if the ink is sold elsewhere, that it may make sense. But as far as I know, these inks are not sold at all outside Japan. So I'm curious about why, why they do this. Yeah, I think it's um, this weird thing where they try to do this, like, exclusive, um, like, region-exclusive stuff. Mm. And, uh, you know, I think it's one thing for us to question the, the, the business strategy mm. 
of it and then you know it's another whether they listen or not but for sure this is not the way let's say you know that's not how i would run a business but that would also be a nice short segue into something we might just briefly talk about now and, and mention in more detail in another episode but one thing we have started to see here in japan is overseas exclusives coming back to japan so so i even said it themselves you know, keep changing their mind about what is an exclusive. And I think the first one that we sort of paid attention to was Sailor's uh, Earth. No, no, so the Ocean Pen. Yeah, first it was the Ocean. I think it was a, a West or maybe US exclusive. And then they released it one year ago or something like that in Japan. Mm-hmm. In slightly different package, I believe, would be some kind of uh, exclusive ink. But so they brought it to Japan and now recently... They did the same with, with with the Earth, which seems to be selling well. I saw it was almost sold out at Marzen. And also Platinum recently did that with their Carnelian, I think it's called. That, that, that's yeah, red, you, you red yeah. sparkly US exclusive, which at least Marzen is right now selling in Japan. Yes, yes. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then in other news, we, we got to try some uh, Ink Institute inks. Yes. So the Ink Institute has, um, I think they've been they've been around for a while doing customing. So imagine um, Sailor's Ink Studio where you can go make your custom inks. But this is the the Taiwan version mm. of, of the Ink Studio, and um, as far as I can tell, his inks look very 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 good yes. all the time. So I've been following him for a bit over a year now, and uh, and his inks look fantastic always. But it seems like he's now um, doing store releases where they're more, let's say, official. Yeah. So we got to try the Fox Rain, I believe it's called. And then they're also doing uh, a series of train inks. And then I think Muse has a, has a their, um, what is it, uh, like Ivy Vine or something like yeah, that? Yeah, Jade Vine, I think. Yeah, Jade yeah. Vine, Jade Vine, yeah, you're right, you're right, Jade Vine. Um, what do you think about those inks? So I, I my first Ink Institute ink was last year's, this is this Mooncake uh, um, mm. ink, and it, it's, it was very pretty, yeah, it has this complicated uh, shading, it's very beautiful, but it was very light, and that was the same experience with this uh, fox rain ink it has beautiful shading there's um, our friend Alessa has this term chroma shading there's a shading in various colors it's the same thing here but it's a very light ink you you really don't want to use this in a pen with, with a with a fine nib yeah um I got the fox rain I think it actually looks quite nice in a fine lip uh, well I'm using it in like a flex nib so that's a bit different I guess but on the fine lines, it, it's light, so it looks a bit thinner. So mm. it kind of uh, accentuates the, the shading that I've got. Um, but then their their Metro series, I think, is uh, is very interesting. I think it's the first time they've done uh, a series mm. like this. And it's, it's uh, representing all the Metro lines of Taipei. Mm. And very, very reminiscent of the Bungabox exactly. uh, release. Yeah. I really 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 want to get these uh these things and they're surprisingly affordable right 
yeah, at least yeah, at least if you buy it from like Juice Spirit, for example, uh, I haven't checked prices el- elsewhere. Um, I don't know if they're going to be available here in Japan, but my experience, as we talked about before, is that Taiwanese stationery is always expensive in Japan. Yeah, you're right. I I, I don't think they're going to be available mm. in Japan, um, but they are available on uh, at least the the Jade Vine is available on Shigure Inc. Right, interestingly. Yeah. So it seems that at least uh, the U.S. gets some representation. I think they also had the Metro uh, ones, but I'm not quite sure right now. Um, I might get mine from Muse. Do you want some? The the brown one in particular lo- looks nice. I, I'm a bit tempted. Yeah, so I'll let you know um, uh, if I get them. Oh, yeah, so I see now that uh, Sigure Inks does have the full um, series of uh, of the metro lines which is uh, very interesting if you look at muse's uh, pictures of um of these inks so they actually display some quite interesting properties so there are uh inks that halo there are inks that sheen and it's i think it's just very very well done and it's not something that we've seen quite a lot of out of more small um i think manufacturers at least in, in my experience anyways but this looks like it could be a very good competitor, uh, even a maybe upscaled competitor to to Tono Limbs if they keep releasing stuff like that. What is interesting to me is that they took some pretty... Um, for example, you have this green metro line, right? There's only so much interesting you can do with, with, with a sort of standard mid-green color, but, but they seem to have turned it into something more, more turquoise. Teal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I wonder if they got licensed. If, uh, they got the licensing rights for mm. for this. It would be very interesting if they did. But yeah, head over to Muse Pen's um, Instagram mm. account if you want to see these inks. Uh, they're very nice. We'll link them into the into the show notes. But uh, personally, I I really really like these inks. So I was born in Taipei. So uh, I might have to get these inks because I'm a sucker. Sounds good. Makes sense. <laughs> Or maybe I can convince Alessa to get them. Alessa, if you're listening to me right now, get those inks. Uh, get those inks so I can uh, get a sample off of you. I'm sure she's ordered order them. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure she has too. Um, but speaking of inks, uh, we've got several more ink news uh, pieces coming. So Ken Takeda, we, we mentioned um, the ink... Uh, ink. What was it called? That that magazine from uh, from Sunbun, that ink one with the two thousand um, samples. Yes, I, no, I can't actually remember the, the name on top of my head. But yes, the Shimano Bungabak or the publisher behind Shimano Bungabak who created this this sort of book, as they call them, this sort of mid between a magazine and a book with with uh, two thousand inks and and it has sort of various pages about how you use inks and some some basics around you know ink properties. And now, shortly after, uh, Ken Takeda has done basically his own take on that. Right. So this is, this is more of a sort of traditional book format. So first of all, we mentioned Ken Takeda briefly before, I believe. So he is, I think he calls himself like an ink producer. So, he's an influencer. Yeah, you, you, yeah. I mean, not, not in, a, in a normal sense, because he's actually working with retailers uh, to make their own custom ink. So, you know, Kobayashi, for example, they have a, a purple ink that is done t- together with him. And so he's, 
And also he has his own line of tone and limbs inks. Um, and he does his own uh, ink mixing workshops at, at various right. events. So, so he, he's, he's very much into inks. And he was, was on TV once on Matsuko no Shiranai Sekai. Yeah, that's a very famous um, television show f- for all of you guys who don't know. Where this, uh, this is she transgender or cross cross? Uh, she's a drag queen. Possibly, yeah. Yeah, I think she's a drag queen. So, um, so this this drag queen um, goes on television, and a bunch of people come to, on her show to introduce stuff that she might not know about. Mm. So um, Takeda Ken went on her show to introduce uh, inks. And interestingly, actually, um, Matsuko Deluxe uses uh, fountain pens in her daily life. I did not know that. I did not know that. Yes, now you do. <laughs> now I do, yes. <laughs> so anyway, so he has come up, he has just released his own book. Um, now I can't actually remember on top of my head what the name is, but it's but it's a but it's more of a traditional book, and it's basically a big catalog. The selection is a little bit somewhat arbitrary. It seems, and that's been some 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 of the criticism of this book. It seems to be just you know the inks that he is his favorites, rather than any particular you know structure. Um, but it's really a catalog of of uh, international and, and and Japanese inks. And there's some explanation of basics and so on. He's also been somewhat criticized on, on Twitter for this book. I saw, for example, um, a, a Gary, who is, you know, we talked about Gary before, this guy who is uh, sort of an expert on, on iron gold ink and he's worked on with platinum on iron gold ink. He complained that Kentakira's book that that the page that, that talks about the different types of inks. So there's a page that talks about dye ink pigment ink and iron gold ink and apparently the mm-hmm. the, the the ink he uses to explain standard dye ink is platinum blue black which is an iron gold ink which is iron gold yes. yeah so some some criticism in, in the social media sphere but, but but it seems like an interesting book anyway i i looked at it at marzen i might buy it at one point yeah, I looked at it too. Um, I think uh, several points stand out to me. First is, uh, let's say, only 700 inks, whereas the uh, the Shumibun one had 2,000. Mm. Um, it's interesting to note, though, that uh, Takeda Ken is probably the biggest ink collector, or one of them, at least, in the world mm. with over 20,000 bottles, yeah. uh, or however many he has. He has a lot. But... Um, but yeah, he, he's considered by a lot of the casual um, fountain pen fans to be this like uh, expert on inks. Yeah. But I think most people who are really deep into the hobby uh, consider him kind of like um, lacking a bit, I, I would say, uh, in, the, in the deep knowledge. Mm. But I think what his, uh, his strength is, is that he brings a lot of um, news to people who might not necessarily uh, receive it, mm. um, so he runs uh, he runs the blog Happy Ink Days, yes. where you can find um, tons of swabs of uh, of maybe rare to find inks, or you can find his own particular uh, his own line with with tonal limbs. So I know that I've used his uh, his blog as a resource before. 
Um, and he used to work at Boombox, and that's how a lot of people know him. Yep. Um, his Happy Ink Days, I mean, I wouldn't say it's very in-depth. It's much more about his personal, uh, let's say, you know, views or opinions on these inks. But nonetheless, I th- it, it's a very great resource. And I've just noticed on um, on his uh, on his um, his blog that he he stamps. He his his chop is. Um, uh, it says, uh, it's like a ink fairy. That that's what he's calling himself. Yeah, yeah. but you know, he he's a great resource. I I, I think that maybe um, the book could have included a bit more inks. Mm. Uh, yeah, but you know, it is what it is, and a lot of people are very very happy uh, with um, with the book as well. Particularly. The ink um, influencers on Instagram—they're very, all very happy to receive this book. Yeah. Um, Betchody, you know, we, we talk about him all the time, um, and even Mart. Yeah, sort of. Yeah. Uh, so, I'm interested in in this book um, passingly, but I don't think I will buy it. Right, makes sense. Um, yeah, but other than uh, that, we've got one more um, ink news, which is. Colorverse and Matsubokuri's uh, glass pen. So Colorverse has done a collaboration with a Japanese um, glass pen maker called Matsubokuri. And they've made these glass pens where they kind of um, infuse? Not sure. But there's like Colorverse ink inside these pens. Have you seen the picture? No, I don't think so. Did you have a link? Yeah, I, I put a link in, uh, in in the notes, but I'll send you a link right now. Ah, yes, yes, yes. You see it? Yeah, no, now I recall seeing that. I wasn't sure what it was. Yeah, it looks good. Yeah, it, it's quite interesting because it looks like the the liquid is, uh, is n- not... Um, it's not like airtight, so you can you can see it sloshing around. Mm. Um, so that's I think that's going to be that's really interesting. I wonder how they did it because they need to have sealed this glass somehow. But it's it's quite striking, for sure. Yeah, it's 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 like a a a a glass a glass pen version of, of a demonstrator. Yeah, and um, so so that's uh, quite interesting. I don't think I'll be picking one up, but I can see the ink numas who who will be. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> so you can get them at uh, Nagasawa. Um, but last thing that we want to talk about on uh, today's episode is uh, the kind of changing retail landscape. I've noticed um, some new stores. Maybe it's not changing, but uh, but I've noticed uh, some stores popping up uh, here and there. Um, Jacob, you've been to Marzen once and uh, twice since we last spoke. Yeah, only once. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. And then I went like a few hours after you mm. because because uh, I was working, um, and then I was around. Yeah. So, have you noticed any changes in in Marzen? No, the only thing that that I noticed, which was what I mentioned earlier, was is that there were these uh, U.S. exclusives to that, or previously U.S. exclusives that they were selling. And I remember that for the uh, the Earth pen in particular, they said it's a rastoi pen, so they had only one left, so it must have sold, or it may have sold well. And the only other thing is that Marisen sell, sells a lot of um, 
uh, face masks now, but that's not really a stationary related. Other than that, not much. Yeah, I think uh, for modern sense, like business as usual, yeah. but <clears throat> um, it's a bit business as usual. Um, they they have their inks, they have their pens. Mm. Um, they have uh, this um, store exclusive King of Pen that I'm sure we'll talk about in the later episode. That looks remarkably similar mm. to Earth, and then they they brought back these uh, these formerly um, U.S. exclusive. So maybe could we possibly see a Japanese release? Do you think of the 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 Haha and the Nekuyanagi? Oh, that's an interesting idea. Yeah, I think that would be very interesting mm. for the domestic market. I think a lot of people would be very very happy if it came back to Japan in you know, maybe a different form, like, let's say a smaller, smaller ink mm. bottle um, or whatever you have. But, but actually on, on that note, I haven't seen many Sailor ink releases in Japan for recently. Well, good thing we'll have the Sherbet. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, I, I don't, yeah, that doesn't really count. It's just a re-release. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but I did notice... Uh, Jacob, I, I've been to a few stores uh, recently, mm. and uh, they've surprised me. So, I went to Shibuya Scrambles Tokyo Hands, mm. and uh, from there, I managed to snag the set of uh, the six um, Platinum Classic inks. I think there are six, right? Or five? Yeah, uh, something like that. Yeah. yeah. So I, I grabbed the full set in these very very small sample bottles uh, for about three thousand yen. Which uh, which is quite a good deal, I think, since I just want to swatch them. Really, I haven't seen that. So you're saying that Platinum is now selling the classic inks in smaller bottles? Yes. So Platinum is selling the classic inks in smaller bottles. It might be a Shibuya Scramble real, uh, exclusive, actually. That, yeah. But okay, yeah, you haven't, yeah, I haven't seen that. That sounds very interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's uh, it's very. Um, you know, I was surprised because this isn't a big stationary. Uh, it's not a big stationary destination. You know, Tokyo Hand and Shibuya Scrum right. would know this, but they had it in their in their um, in their store. Mm. So, so I picked one of those up, uh, and that was perfect. Yeah, there's six of them, um, and I'll send you a picture later. So I bought that, but they also have a lot of washi tapes. So I think any. General stationery fans would be very, very excited to to go to this new store. Mm. Um, I bought, uh, in my moment of weakness, I bought this uh, Doraemon 50-year anniversary washi tape, which was very, very cute. <laughs> um, but then on top of that, I've also discovered this store in Ochanomizu called Tools. Okay. And they're also like a, they're kind of like a specialist store for, let's say, artists and calligraphers. But they had the Jalba, um the anniversary inks, and they had a bunch of different um, tools and supplies and, uh, and fountain pen-related uh, stuff, wash tapes, uh, ink, uh, sorry, yeah, ink, um, wax deals, and stuff like that. Mm. So um, I'm starting to, to realize that uh, the fountain pen world is even bigger than what I had previously thought. Uh, which I didn't think was even possible. Do, do you think it's do you think it's always been that way, or do you, you mean it's it's growing? I think these stores 
um, probably have always been there, and they've always catered to to fanpen people in some form or shape.、Mm. But I I don't think it's possible if you're in the stationary world. I don't think it's possible to,、um, let's say,、uh, ignore this boom of ink people、right. that seems to never end. You know, unfortunately, to Bruno's dismay. But、uh, I I feel like a lot of、um, more brick and mortar stars are getting to realize that、um, it's not just. Old Otisans who are buying fountain pens, but there are, there there is a distinct、um, and diverse crowd of younger people who aren't necessarily interested in the kind of you know、uh, super super high end stuff, but are interested in、um, in decorating their their journals and、um, their their notebooks. Uh, with、uh, washi tape and fountain pen inks,、uh, they do play a big part in that. So they've been,、uh, they've started to stock that kind of stuff. Yeah, definitely. Yeah,、um, and the last、uh, new thing that I've noticed uh, is um, this guy on Yahoo Auction, this company、um, Mista.、Uh, they showed up for me on Yahoo Auctions、um, selling.、Uh, Kyushu exclusives. Now, the store exclusives in Kyushu, etc., are usually quite inaccessible to us, right? Yeah. Would you Would you agree with that? Some Some of the things and most of the pens are 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 not available online, right? You have to actually go to the stores. Yes, and what's confusing is that,、uh, especially with this shop, is I don't believe that they are available on their、um, on their website. But this Mizuta、uh, company has、um, started to sell Kyushu exclusives on Yahoo Auction, and what I noticed is that、uh, yeah, so so they have this shop on Lakuten,、mm. um, but it's supposed to be all sold out.、Um, but then they also set up shop on on a.、Uh, Yahoo Auction, and so I bought out their entire set of inks. Of course you did. Yes. <laughs> yeah, just sent you a link there, but um, but I bought um them out, and I've noticed that they're kind of like, be weird to say importing because we're in the same country, but they've been, uh, I think they're the progenitors of these Kyushu exclusives that are popping up on Yahoo Auctions. These seemingly Uh, new old stock. So what I'm talking about is the Leiwa number two that、um, that Sailor Pro Gear Mini, yeah, and、uh, and a bunch of other、uh, shop exclusives. But、uh, looking at the the Rock Ten page now, the prices seem. I imagine that they must be buying them at at you know wholesale prices or whatever.、And、the prices are good, right? They're not they're not just buying themselves at retail. See, that's what's interesting, Jacob, is because that's their own. Shop. It's not a reseller. Okay. Okay. Yeah, which which is interesting to me because you don't really see that in Japan. Ah,、oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I see. Yeah. So now I'm、uh, I'm going back onto Yahoo Auctions, and I've noticed that in fact I have not bought up their set, so I need to order some inks. <laughs> <laughs> uh. 
but yeah, that's that's been interesting that they've been kind of releasing their strokes. It actually says Toten original, so it means right. like their own shops. Yeah, and they're also selling uh, the Kyushu exclusives in the professional gear. That's kind of like pink, red one. I wonder why it's it's pink and red. Um, maybe that's the color of Kyushu because Tono Lim's um, Fukuoka is also this like pinkish uh, purple kind of color. Yeah, that I'm not sure about. That's interesting. Yeah, but um, but I think that's uh, pretty close to all we've got for today. Yeah. I did mention that we were supposed to talk about um, going to to um, Wagner. Yes. But then in my moment of uh, clarity right after the podcast, I realized that it's not in fact this week. It's actually next weekend. So uh, we will talk about it ne- uh, the next episode. But that's going to be a doozy. I want to mention one more thing, and that is that we now have a website at tokyoinklings.com and if you want if you have any feedback on this episode you can go to tokyoinklings.com and find the episode page and there's going to be this comment form underneath where you can add yeah. your comment yeah and um so it's it's a new website i really like how it looks but it's got all of the show notes um even the episodes in the past you can see all of the show notes there uh with all the links um because we're kind of cheap, so we didn't pay for the the uh, plan that allows us to put the show notes <laughs> on the actual episode, I think. But um, but I think it's even better this way, because you can go onto each of the individual episode uh, page, and you can comment. Um, you can comment as a guest, or guest, or you can uh, you can sign up with Discuss. So um, it's a nice way, I think, to, to build a community around the stuff that we talk about. Um, you can also, of course, direct uh, all of your questions um, directly to us on the website. Yeah. And um, any questions, we, we need listener questions, guys. We need, uh, we need listener questions. So please submit your listener questions. Now you can submit it on the form on the website. And so we'll be linking to that in the show notes, I guess. Um, you know. But it's uh, it's gonna be great. So I hope you guys really take advantage of this uh, this website and ask us lots of questions because we want to hear from you. Yeah. All right. So um, so this week uh, we won't do listener questions because it's it's been a long episode. So we'll save that for next time. But please keep them coming in. Yeah. And uh, yeah. So that's been the episode. My name is Cy. You can find me at Tokyo Station Pens on instagram or at tokyostationpens.com and my name is jacob and i am a food fan on instagram and i have a blog at foodafan.com great it's always a uh, nice to talk to you see you next time, see you next time. bye-bye, bye-bye.